Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis, and now prop betting analysis exclusively for free on HashtagBasketball.com. And, of course, Thrive Fantasy. Use that promo code WTB. Get a free $20 with your first deposit of $20 or more. Use that promo code WTB for thrivefantasy.com. I'm your host after a, I guess, a lengthy hiatus during probably the most important time of the season. Uh, but we're, we're trying to catch the tail end of the trade deadline. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me, as always, is the illustrious Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, are there some shenanigans going on here, perhaps? Um, I, I mean, in what sort of way are you talking about the uh, my temporary uh, mental health hiatus that that I was oh, trying no, to no. obfuscate the uh, the leagues that I'm in in order to uh, have a heads up on the trade deadline, and so I didn't have to put out a podcast? Is that what you're talking about? Oh no, no, no! I'm speaking of of this prop betting addition to hashtag basketball. I believe this might have been just something of your own doing. You might just have been like cohorting with Joey to make your own section, so you he can maybe possibly win you some money. I feel like this may be some shenanigans and tomfoolery all in one. Well, some people call those types of things shenanigans. Other people call them. Uh, investment opportunities and uh, just depends on how much money you have in your bank uh, before a shenanigan turns into an investment opportunity apparently in uh, this country but yeah I um, I, I think the uh, great minds think alike and uh, we've been talking doing some uh, prop betting um, I guess just kind of giveaways I don't want to call them giveaways that, that would require that they're worth money or something like that. But we've been talking about prop betting on the podcast and uh, Joey does have some um, on hashtag basketball.com uh, is also working with a daily uh, or prop betting sponsors. So we're going to try to sync those together with the Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. I think this week I will be doing a couple of, um, live shows talking about prop betting using the hashtag basketball tool on twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. So uh, I'll tweet those out and obviously go check out, subscribe to that right now. If you want to get alerts, set up those notifications, but uh, I'm going to see if I can get back into the prop betting uh, though, right after the all-star breaks a bad time to like play trends because I feel like new teams trade deadline um, rotations are all screwy. And I think a lot of people who were in the all-star game and a couple other people who were just taking a break anyway, they, they don't come back right into form. You know I mean? They, they come back a little slow and I think things are a little discombobulated right now, but that will all change here in a week or two. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get a better handle on some of these rotations because I think some of them are just a little wild right now. Absolutely. And the trade deadline was actually, uh, I think I read this somewhere the most active trade deadline uh, in like the last 10 years or more than that, maybe uh, was the most deadline deals ever on actual deadline day. That one, that DeLon right one just on the other side of midnight Eastern um, started it. And it ended with that usual flurry right at uh, 3 PM Eastern. Yeah. And I actually thought Oladipo, which I think was the last 
trade that I saw anyway, um, got in right under the gun. And I actually thought that that wasn't, that didn't go through and I had to go double check. I was like, did that go through or not? Uh, but the Oladipo to the heat did, did go through. Actually, that actually happened sooner than I thought it would in the sense that we a lot of times see one that goes real late, like almost all the way till 3.30, just because I think the old phone line at the league office gets a little tied up there. Yeah, because you got to like uh, okay it with the officials and all that stuff. before. The what deadline. I still don't understand is you got to okay it with the officials before the deadline, which makes sense, right? But then they don't ever like make the trades official official, some of them until like the next day. Yeah, that's weird. Do you feel like in the digital world, especially like even now when you can get everybody on a Zoom in like two seconds, like why isn't there just like an active, like people would watch that, an active Zoom meeting where like the the GMs call in, like, hey, Adam, we got another one. Like, you know, people would probably, would, I would watch it because I'm a, I'm a, I have a problem um, with, with watching all NBA content. But yeah, like, you would think in today's age they'd figure out a better way of doing it or a more efficient way of doing it than they currently do. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and it just seems like it takes a long time in some cases, and I never really can quite figure out why. Like, what is the holdup here? Yeah, I have no idea, but there's a lot of players that move. Like you said, it's the most active trade deadline day. I think it's the most players that have moved. And... um a lot of those players are fantasy relevant. Um, And even the players that aren't fantasy relevant, the teams that are moving people around the teams that they leave different players on those teams are going to become fantasy. relevant. So we got a lot to talk about. Let's just get right into the trade deadline megapod. Uh, And I'm actually going to say starting the biggest news to me was the people that did not get traded. We're talking about Kyle Lowry and uh, Lonzo ball. And I think there was at least a couple other people whose names were floated out um, as potential trade deadline players who just just the, stayed where the, they are. The trade I wanted to see the most was the, the Bulls do the the old challenge trade, the Lonzo Ball for Lori Markin and challenge trade. Mm-hmm. And I think that was on the table. Like there were a lot of reports out of Chicago that uh, that was coming and it was almost certain that was coming. And I think, um, and right off the bat, cause we're going to talk about the big Chicago trade uh, as, as the biggest news of the day. And the fact that I'm saying we're talking about the Chicago bulls making a trade at the trade deadline for players of significance without giving away meaningless second round picks on the back end for no, for no apparent reason like this is a new era in Chicago to have not only the Vooch trade, but having this Lonzo trade in the pocket. I think the thing that fell through there with Lonzo and Larry Markkinen is that when the teams look at it, it doesn't make sense to make that move today. It's probably going to make more financial sense for both teams to make that trade in the off season or go into the restricted free agency with Lonzo just to uh, either like make salaries me or have a little bit more maneuverability next season when uh, this, when the salary, uh, you know, when, when free agency opens, I think that, I think we will see that move happen this summer. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Bulls still, they, they did, they made some good moves and we can talk about that boots trade all you want, but they still need a point guard and that's, 
it's not going away until they get a point guard, right? Like they just don't have anyone who's a, a real good facilitator. And so adding someone like Lonzo could be a big help to them. Oh, absolutely. And I think they're going to look for that. I think that's, I, like I said, I, I, I think a, uh, AKA the Bulls front office, this is obviously a new era because the Bulls are like notorious for making either no trades ever or like way, way overvaluing their young players, their own personal talent. And then doing something stupid like giving away draft picks with Jimmy Butler. Um, like that's usually how these things end when they have no leverage. They finally trade somebody. Uh, this, the biggest trade in my opinion of the day was Vush to the Bulls plus Al Farouk Aminu, who is good for Wendell Carter Jr., who is a young, I think very good rookie. Um, Otto Porter Jr. is expiring very large contract. And then two, and get this, I, uh, I sent out uh, a, a letter to Gar Foreman because that's he doesn't have email or he doesn't know how text messages work. He's never been on a computer. Uh, but I sent a regular letter to Gar Foreman showing him that you can protect your first rounders when you send them out to another team. And so two protective first rounds went out to Orlando for Vujovic. Um, I think that's a huge trade. And I think that's a, like a new era of Chicago. Trading a guy that they drafted not that long ago, that's – that's pretty crazy. And I think that's huge for Vooch and it's huge for uh, Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. I think both of them are going to be in better situations. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about a better situation there in Orlando. We can talk about them if you mm. want, but they do not have a player that's going to facilitate anything. Right. At least right now um, they're going to be the worst team in the NBA. Um well, yeah. them, and, them and Houston are going to be the two worst teams in the NBA. I mean, they, Orlando literally sold everything, right? And Now, so, where, where have we heard this? When was the last time you remember? I feel like, a, I feel like I'm having a little deja vu because uh, I remember a certain team that used to have Oladipo and uh, Tobias Harris and your boy Mo Harkless and I'm going to say Alfred Payton. Uh, there used to be a team out there that had all those players on it, and then they sent them all out like at once. Well, that, that's what's crazy is like they have been kind of in that middle for a while now, right? But they've actually done a fairly good job of drafting. It's just like they always seem to let their players go at the exact wrong moment, or they can't just can't figure out a way to build the team together. I'm not sure which it is. Uh, I, th- I think it's a all of the above t- type of situation. Um, but I think it's going to look fairly bad. At least they got, I think Wendell Carter Jr. is a pretty good asset, but at least they got something back. I think it's going to be, it's going to look pretty foolish once again in a few years when, uh, Aaron Gordon has a little bit of a resurgence. Vujovic, uh, continues to be an all-star. Um, and then I, I mean, who, I don't know who else they sent out. I think that was it, but, um, no, I think they had one more. They had Fournier. They traded yeah. Fournier. And Aaron, yeah, Evan Fournier. Two second round picks, which that one was at least, the, the least defensible in the sense that, you know, if you're not going to resign him, he's on the expiring deal. Like, you might as well get something for him. And two second round picks is the best anything's anybody's offering, you know, then that's the deal you make. Yeah, completely forgot about Fournier. That's how many moves happened uh, in this, in this uh, trade deadline. So let's talk about the Orlando Magic. Let's talk about each one of these moves. Um, Vujovic. Oh, so how good are the Bulls now? What are the Bulls going to do? How much does uh, this change the Bulls? And does this change Vujovic's fantasy value at all? Because I would say no. 
Well, I, I'm just going to let you know in the in my betting segment, which I will mostly my betting segment because this is how I play. Uh, this is how I bet on sports. Is that I just like pit uh, a lot of the, uh, the 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 profit boosts against each other. Uh, but this there is a particular profit boost if you live in Illinois that has the Bulls to make the playoffs at plus two fifty. And I, my friend, am taking that bet. Now, here's my question about betting this year, and, and I don't know. What do we consider make the playoffs? So they have to win in the play-in and actually mean, make the first round, or yes. they just have to be in the play-in? Because they're going to definitely be in the play-in, or at least the play-in, I think. Well, that was interesting because in the beginning of the season, there was a way to bet on making the play-in games. And I put a lot of different teams. I was like, I mean, what are the, there's some pretty good chances that a majority of these teams make the play-in tournament. So, you know, well, I, yeah, I mean, th- 10 out of 15 teams in every conference make the yeah. play in. And there's a few teams that I think starting on day one of the season, you could have ruled out for, from that. Absolutely. Like I, I, I think I said at the very beginning of the season, uh, if you can get Golden State to not make the, the playoffs at all, take that. That's coming true. Um, what bodes really poorly is my Orlando Magic to make the play in tournament doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, cause they were, I think they were plus odds to make the play in tournament. I was like, the Orlando magic aren't bad and they weren't bad until they traded their entire. Well, and, team. and they had, I mean, they literally have none of their five starters from the beginning of the season. No. Well, I mean, Jonathan Isaac was hurt the whole time, but full stores ACL. And then they traded the other three. Those are their five. Those were their five starters on paper coming into the season. Yeah. Um, for Vooch in Chicago, like give it a, hot minute for Zach and Vooch to learn how to play with each other. But why, why would there be any difference in Vooch's? In fact, I'm going to go even a step further. Vooch is averaging four assists a game. There is no point guard on this team. Really? Why couldn't that go closer to five? Uh, It could, I think for sure. It'll be interesting to see. Um, how they decide to use Vooch, right? Because the Magic use Vooch as kind of uh, at least secondary and sometimes primary facilitator. Are the are the Bulls going to do that? Or are they going to try to use him in a different form or fashion? Um, that's not a question I can necessarily answer, but I feel like Vucevic is one of those guys who has a pretty unique skill set and obviously could be really, really good in Chicago. Well, I think it bodes well that AK comes from Denver, saw how Jokic could be used and potentially could have Bujovic become a little bit more of a point center, um, which the Bulls need a, someone who can facilitate, and Bujovic might be the best passer on the damn team now, other than uh, Thajic Young, who is, is, has been working uh, some, some magic on this team, uh, coming off the bench. Uh, what I do worry about here in the Bulls is the rotation minutes for guys like Thaddeus Young, like Patrick Williams, like Lowry Markkinen, because now you have not just Vujovic, who's going to eat up all those minutes, because when Carter Jr. is only playing about 24 minutes, Vujovic is going to play 34. Like, he's going to play full amount of minutes. You also got Al Farouk Aminu, who I think is at least worth 12 to 15 a night, if not more. Um, but then let's add Daniel Theus into this. Uh, they end up uh, taking in Mo Wagner, getting... Uh, uh, Theus back for Mo Wagner. Uh, I think that was a great. To me, that's like a really underrated trade. Is that is that Daniel Theus trade? What? Why in the world? I mean, I knew Boston did it to save money, but why? Like, if you think you're actually 
competing or contending, like, what do you care about saving that little bit of money? I, they must not think they're competing. Or, you know, Danny Ainge is a fraud. It's, a, it's one of the two. Yeah, that was, just, that was a weird trade, man. Like, that was just an odd trade. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. But I think Zach and Vujovic will be fine here. But I'm a, I, I am worried about that, the, those kind of like intermediate guys uh, from Thad Young, uh, Pat, Patrick Williams, who's been a standard league relevant off and on, and I was kind of hoping would gain more minutes as the season went on. Uh, Larry Markkinen, who's been up and down this season. I feel like that crew right there, their rotation is going to take some time to pan out. And I'm not terribly confident who, uh, other than like Thaddeus Young, who I feel like will weather the storm because he always does because he's Thaddeus Young. Other than that, I don't, I, I don't think any of those guys improve. In fact, I think their value is a little hurt by this trade. Well, and I think too, it could be, uh, I think they're, all their value could be hurt by the your night, my night type deal where like, you know, one night, one of them's getting a lot of minutes, then the next night it's somebody else. Um, which we see relatively frequently. Yeah, we're seeing that all over the place, and I think we're going to see it here uh, with the Bulls. Let's talk about Boston, um, and let's talk about Evan Fournier, who has been, you know, one of those guys who's always standardly relevant and always, like, for some reason seems to be overlooked every single year, uh, gets uh, drafted fairly late in drafts, even though he's a top 100 player every year. And for some reason, uh, the Celtics want to – I mean, I guess I understand why they want to add him to the team because they need another scoring guard. They need someone else who can. Dude, they just the needed some ball. depth. They just need yeah. some depth in general. They have, I mean, like they have the two bucket. outstanding players, but their rest of their team. I mean, they were playing so many guys rotation minutes that would not be rotation players on any other team trying to sniff any sort of playoff run. Yeah. Do you think the addition of Mo Wag and Evan Fournier, does that do, I mean, I feel like, Robert Williams is the one guy I'm worried about because he's the guy with like the real fantasy value that um, that's like delectable. Like you're like, Ooh, damn Robert Williams. He gets nasty rebounds. He gets really good blocks. He's, he's got to play man. Like look, like, look at their, look at their team. This is their, their guys that should play any minutes in an NBA game when healthy, they got Tatum, they got Brown, they got Walker, they got smart. They got Fournier. None of those guys are big man. And then their other no. two are Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson. And then Mo Wagner, maybe, but I'm not convinced about that. I mean, Mo Wagner wasn't playing that much for uh, the Wizards, right? Yeah, he he uh, he came from the Wizards, I believe. Yes. No, he was I mean, not. He was so, not playing very much. Um, and the Wizards are not good. So, I mean, what what are we expecting here? Like, we're not can't be expecting that much from him. So, I think Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson's hurt right now. So his minutes ought to be a hundred percent secure right now. And even when Tristan Thompson comes back, like you got to feel like those two are splitting the minutes at the center position, unless the magic or, or the magic, the Celtics are going to play the ultimate small lineup with Jason Tatum at the five. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. I just don't, right. that, I don't think they're, that they're capable of, of, of doing something like that. Evan Fournier to me, his minutes got to go somewhere. And I think it's just, hey, we're finally going to alleviate like the 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 workload that we've been putting on Kimba Walker, who is coming back from an injury still. You know, he's still um, not up to 100. percent And then you know Marcus Smart, who's been uh, trying to carry the uh, the point guard role here as well. I know Evan Fortier is not really a point guard, but neither is Marcus Smart in a way. 
Yeah, no, I think I think we see them all play a lot of minutes. And I think when Kemba Walker's off the floor, you know, we see kind of the Jason Tatum handles the ball, Jalen Brown handles the ball, Evan Fournier handles the ball. And we kind of just we do a, a clippers thing almost, right? Where like they don't really have a point guard, but a lot of guys can handle the ball and do a lot of different things. And so they do. Yeah, you could see a minute or two. You know, I was thinking at first when I saw this trade, Evan Fournier playing 35 minutes a game. I was like, there's no way he gets 35 minutes in Boston. Um, but I started thinking about it, and it's like he can alleviate basically the one through three if he really wanted, if we really wanted to. So maybe everyone's minutes here drop at least one or two just to have it a little bit more of a, a, a rotation that can have some rest, which I don't think affects the, the value of anyone other than Evan Fournier, who still is kind of like borderline, um, you know, above in the top 100 at 35 minutes a game. He's a scorer. He doesn't do much else. So if his minutes start dropping under 30, then I don't think he's going to be, he's going to be like a waiver wire level player at that point. Yeah, I just think this team's going to want to sit Kemba some down the stretch because they're a, a packed schedule of games. And so I, I'm not super worried about Fournier's minutes, really. I mean, like, there'll be some nights where he doesn't play that much, but he's going to get plenty of time, I think. Yeah, and he's not like a highly sought after fantasy player, but uh, certainly relevant. He's available in your league. You should pick him up. So, about the other Orlando Magic player who uh, is on a new team, Aaron Gordon. Uh, Aaron Gordon going to Denver actually might be, in my opinion, for fantasy, the worst outcome for Aaron Gordon. I, uh, I, you know what I mean? Like he's going to come off the bench and be, and he, he said it himself, having a reason to play, playing on a winning team is going to motivate him. And we've seen Aaron Gordon motivated. Um, and Aaron Gordon is a standard league relevant player when he is playing at, at his peak. And he's, he's a top 100 player um, when he's, when he's playing well, I just don't think he's going to have the minutes in this rotation in Denver, especially this late in the season. Um, to, I don't know. To make I mean, a difference. I think I honestly think they're going to start him. They're going to play him at the three slash four, and they're going to play Porter at the three slash four. Um, they don't really have a ton else there to to start. And the the problem is he's going from being the second scorer, maybe third scorer on the Magic, to being the fourth scorer on the Nuggets. Um, the question is how much does he have the ball in his hands too? Cause he was averaging 4.2 assists per game for the magic. Probably not going to average that in Denver. Cause he's just not going to touch the ball that much. Um, the question will really be for his fantasy value to me is if he's averaging like 12 points a game and like two to two and a half assists, can he get the defensive numbers up enough to be, anything more than a waiver wire option and the answer to that question to me is no yeah i think i'm with you there i think the other thing i'm uh, the only like the maybe the only upside here is that like he finally figures it out maybe paul Millsap takes him under his wing another oh another uh orlando magic alumni paul Millsap, right dude the orlando magic alumni association would be a, a dangerous <laughs> team you could like compile all those guys together right now they'd probably be pretty good yeah man good come get Shaq to come out of retirement too that'd still be pretty good um the the oh that's that to me like the only way Aaron Gordon becomes 
certainly standardly relevant in Denver is if he just shows up and is like, I'm taking like Paul Millsap's role completely away from him and we're saving him for the playoffs. And he, he's just kind of like an empty stat. Like his, his percentages are so fucking bad that um, it's just, I find it very hard to own or to, to roster um, Aaron Gordon in my, in my roto leagues. Uh, But you know, like the, the points and rebounds and you know, the assists aren't terrible for a guy if you don't care about percentages, but I just, I feel like the minutes aren't going to be there in Denver, especially not right away. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. All right. Let's go back to now that we've dismantled the Orlando magic, that should mean some playing time for somebody on the Orlando magic. Um, I, I think Wendell Carter jr. Right here is going to be the biggest beneficiary on this uh, from the, the people that are gathering on this Orlando team. Um, Because I I just think here's the, here's the problem with what they trade. Why are you playing him 35 minutes a game? Well, here's the problem with what they traded for though. They traded for a couple players. It's Wendell Carter jr. And Otto Porter, which you're, you're a man who knows does Otto Porter have anything left in his tank. I, I think they're going to play him the maximum amount of Otto Porter minutes, which is about 25, 26 because his knees, like his knees are gone. Like it's just, it's over for Otto Porter. But there be, okay. there's no one else to play. So that, okay. Can Gary him. Harris finally return to anything resembling, resembling that Gary Harris we saw? God, what is that? Three years ago now? Four? That's what I'm interested in. I would say Wendell Carter Jr. for me, sure thing. Probably rostered in most standard leagues uh, already, so it's not. That's not going to change. That's not going to seventy-four percent. I actually thought yeah. it would be higher, but I thought it'd be Wendell like Carter, ninety-five. Wendell Carter in Yahoo leagues only seventy-four percent. That's very very interesting. Um, Gary Harris is my other intriguing guy here, and then you got um, who's like who's left over on this team anyway? Like Kim Birch, he's he's their kind of their active center he, he he can get rebounds it's kind of a bad move it's kind of a bad look that mo bamba can't even get minutes on a team that has no players on it well and and that's the thing is they traded for wendell carter so like is wendell carter gonna play the four i hope not that's what i mean so then is kem birch playing the four or are they put Otto porter at the four like dude this this team is super hard to even figure out a rotation I agree. I'll say this. I think guys that could have standing value the rest of the season, Wendell Carter, Terrence Ross. Yeah. I think Terrence Ross could be averaging like damn near 20 points yeah. a game when he's healthy. Why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he be shooting like 25 shots a game at this point? Um, then it's uh pick your horse. There's a lot of names. There's not a lot of greatness. Um, I could see Gary Harris doing it. Uh, they played Chuma Okiki a ton in their one game they've had since the trade deadline, and he yeah, he's twenty two points a game. 22. Yeah, he's had some good lines actually. I mean, he might be a kind of a well a, and a guy you you pick up and just hold on to, see what happens. If you remember, he slipped to the sixteenth pick because he tore his ACL at Auburn, but there was a lot of people in that twenty nineteen draft projecting him to be like a top ten pick before he tore his ACL. Yeah, and he's he's looked good and on a team that you know, it's going to lose a lot. Why not, why not play him to see what you got? Yeah. And that's what I mean. So that's a guy I might pick up and just wait and see once, you know, everyone's playing what, what his role is. But if you have a spot where you can just kind of pick somebody up and take a shot, Chuma Kiki, probably that guy for me from the magic. 
Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Let's talk about some of the other big trades here. We already mentioned Oladipo. So let's, let's talk about Oladipo to the heat. Um, they ended up giving out Kelly Olenek, who has been standard league relevant back to Houston and Avery Bradley. So do you want, uh, let's, let's start with the heat. I don't think there's a lot of change here. Um, uh, in my opinion, because the heat are just, they're so well oiled. I feel like adding Oladipo into this mix just adds another tool in their system that they can just throw in there and run their rotations around and run their plays around. And he fits in really well. Yeah. I mean, man, it's just weird that, that, that was like, they literally traded almost nothing for your Oladipo, which was just strange. Yeah. Um, they also got Bielitsa and Trevor Ariza. So they've added just some, some good pieces, I think. And Man, I, Oladipo has been so uneven for the last two years now. Like, he has some really good games, and he's got some decent fantasy stat lines, and then, like, he just mysteriously doesn't play for a week because his legs hurt him. And I, I wish I could tell you what I thought Oladipo was. The good news is you either have him or you don't. He's owned in 91% of leagues. Um, I think even I mean, if, if you're trade dead, if you're trade trade deadline, deadline, still yeah. not out there. Do you, I don't know that you would trade for him, and I don't think you trade him away. I just, I think I, if you can get him for for nothing, you know, what I mean, like he's been up and down. He's maybe been frustrating. Maybe you think if the you know you go out there and give out kind of like a bottom one hundred player, like a, someone see, under in the hundred range or lower. If you're, I'm if fine you, with that, but like yeah. if you're trading him for anything of value, like I just no. like you might as well just hold on to who you have because he could literally play five more games in the regular season yeah it's too much of a crapshoot but i think if you want to take a risk if you are in a middle area where you just don't know if you're going to make the playoffs or you know whatever your your league setup is this year uh could potentially playing around guys like jimmy butler and bam out of bio have a little less pressure on him and allow him to come back into his game. I think that's, that, that could be a positive for Oladipo. And so I wouldn't mind taking a risk in, you know, giving away someone who's like, you know, one of my bottom three players, one of my bottom four players for a chance at Oladipo, maybe the guy who has Oladipo on his roster is tired of waiting around for him. Uh, thinks that his value or his usage is going to go down on the heat. And we know for a fact that, you're if you are playing well, your usage does not go down. So, you know, just because he's playing with better players also means better defenders are not on him. And there is a need for kind of a semi facilitator um, other than Jimmy Butler on this team. I know Dragic is, you know, in and out of the, in the, uh, in and out of the lineup lately, but I, I think, Oladipo fits in this team very well. And so does Bielitsa. Yes. And I think the heat made some really good moves and some really smart moves. And the word is that Oladipo has been trying to find his way to the heat for a long time now. And he's actually there. And, you know, how much does him just being in a situation he really wants to be in, you know, help his fantasy value. Like that's, that's a real thing too. Yep. Plus uh, an excellent training staff and all the South beach girls, you can throw a dollar at, um, so shout out to Oladipo, uh, and Bielitsa. And if you're in a deep league, go, go pick up Bielitsa. If he's, if he's hanging around, I think you're going to see maybe a surprising amount of minutes. I think he fits 
much veteran to whatever role Kelly Olenek was trying to play on this team than Kelly Olenek did. And Kelly Olenek was Stanley League relevant. Yes, sir. So speaking of Smelly Kelly, he's heading to Houston. What is going on with that rotation in Houston? Where is Christian Wood? Um, give, give that rotation a large pun. If you can figure that out, I think you need some sort of like PhD and something. Yeah, you should be um, working for a, a, a team instead of on the internet. So, um, Christian Wood, you ask about him. He has a sore right ankle, whatever that means. Um, he didn't play in Saturday's game. I don't know. That doesn't seem like a long-term thing. He, he's he been awesome all season. He's missed a lot of time, which um, is probably not that surprising. Um there was talk that they could shut down John Wall at some point because apparently he has some like loose bodies in his knee that Oof. they they think uh, need operated on. So I don't know if that's going to happen. That was just something that I've heard. Um, well, this team seems ripe for a shutdown at this point, uh, especially after trading all the deep away for basically nothing, which I think does mean a lot of minutes for the, someone like Kelly Olenek. The problem and, is they traded for DJ Augustine, I guess, which uh, cool. who could potentially get bought out. But other than that, they don't have a point guard. So if they shut down wall. This team could be go from bad to worse as far as like not having a facilitator at all. Um, well, yeah. They, well, then you got to start looking at guys like uh, Kevin Porter and then over the last you know few weeks or so, uh, Jason Tate has been playing pretty pretty damn well, well enough to be uh, rostered in standard leagues for sure. Well, and he, he's just got a good you know a, a weird but a good mix of like rebounds and steals and and some yeah, points. So. It's kind of like a across the board type of old school fantasy player that we we enjoy the one 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 guys. But yes, I could see I could see such that he plays. You know, I could see Wooden Wall, Porter, Tate, Olenek. All having standard league value for the rest of the season, and if yeah. if Wall gets shut down and Augustine stays in Houston, he could be the he could be another guy, you know, just some decent assists and points and threes. Just if he's the starting point guard and has to play thirty two minutes every night. Yeah, DJ Augustine at thirty two thirty three minutes is going to get you enough assists off the waiver to to win your league. Uh, but I would be I would be rostering Kelly Olynyk for sure. I'd also be rostering Jason Tate if he is available inner league uh, moving forward. And I'm going to throw out, let's see, we got a few more trades, but I'm going to throw out a guy who, if you are currently looking for somebody off the waiver, who is not on a team right now, I would, uh, I would take a bet on gorgeous, gorgeous Dang. Love gorgeous Dang. Uh He just signed the Spurs. Really? I, well, I don't like that as much, but uh, <laughs> what I'm told. Uh, he's, you know, we've seen him be fantasy league relevant and I don't know how the Spurs would use him. That's breaking news to me. Yeah, let me see if I can find it. Interesting. Um, Cause I don't care about Andre Drummond going to Lakers or whoever the hell he's going to go to. LaMarcus Aldridge just signed with the Nets. Um, okay. So let's, I mean, like that just even that to me, that's even a worse situation because now he's coming off the bench. He's playing far less minutes because they don't need him to play good minutes. Uh, and on top of that, when was the last time you saw LaMarcus Aldridge be like good? Uh, not this season. So why, if you're in a standard league, would you care about LaMarcus Aldridge on the nets? I would say if you still are holding on to LaMarcus Aldridge for some unknown reason, 
trade him for anybody. Trade him for Victor Oladipo. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, Mark Stein reported that he intends to sign with the Spurs upon clearing waivers. Interesting. I don't know how that how I feel about that one. That makes me less interested because um, we know Pop and his rotations. Well, and, and is he going to take over Potos? The Nets there. I mean, he's a center. Potos a center. Potos only playing like twenty five minutes a game, but they got rid of Marquise Chris. To you know, he's two, so he's not going to be there. But yeah, I don't really feel like he's going to play a ton. Which he doesn't maybe need to play a ton, ton to be standardly relevant. But I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be going for him. Let's put it that way. That's fair. Um, let's go lightning round, Tyler. I'll go to. Talk about one of the trades. And you lightning round, Tyler. Is this a new game? Lightning, lightning round, Tyler. We tie. You, like try to light me on fire or something. Yeah, we uh, we tie you to a lightning rod during a thunderstorm, and we see. Is this you, is this you, Back to the Future? I've seen this movie. Yeah, uh, we see if we can send you back in time to make better trades uh, in fantasy basketball. Um, and the first trade that you're going to have to make is whether or not you'll be picking up Norman Powell for the rest of the season. On Portland. Yeah, I, Norman Powell's probably standardly relevant the rest of the season. I feel like he takes a lot of uh, Derek Jones Jr.'s minutes in Portland. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair assessment. They got a lot of um, – and, and now we got Dame uh, for the first time in his whole career sitting out a, a game with a lefty contusion. Uh, CJ McCollum is back. Norman Powell's been playing 35 minutes a game. Um, that seems fair. I think Mello uh, and Derek, like you're saying, Mello and Derek Jones Jr. both uh, minutes suffer uh, from that particular trade just because Norman Powell is just a better version of both of those players. He's kind of like in between those two players somewhere. Yes. It's just kind of like the best of a, He's like a Hannah Montana, best of both worlds of Mello. Did you just make a Jones. Hannah Montana reference? I certainly, I certainly do. That is for all the Zoomer listeners out there, shout out to people who were born before me. Um, JJ, Reddick, and your boy, uh, Nico Melli, headed to the Mavs. Uh, and then James Johnson on his way to the Pelicans. Any of those that you – I like JJ in in Dallas, but any of those guys stay really relevant. Yeah, so Reddick has a, a heel injury, and um, the Mavs – said basically that he's going to train on his own um, and rehab for a while, and he will not be joining the team right away. They would not offer a timetable as to when he would join the team. So um, don't pick up Redick in your standard league right now, at least. Um, I don't think any of those other guys are really going to be part of the every night rotation. Um, the Pelicans are playing Point Zion now, which is a fun experience to watch, though. That is uh, very, very entertaining. I feel like potential. I mean, like potentially a good way to lose games, but also. Oh, they're not good. They almost lost the Mavs without Luca and Kristaps on Saturday night. That's pretty bad. Even the I don't even think the Bulls did that. Did they? Um, no, but but uh, I mean. It was a fun game, and it's fun to watch him. I mean, like, literally, the, he gets everyone in foul trouble because he literally just, like, goes downhill, and, like, you have no choice but to foul him because he just runs directly into yeah. you. He's in – I mean, he's absolutely – he's like Baby Shaq. He's absolutely enormous. Um, uh, dude, that's, that's actually what Rick Carlisle said. He's Shaq who can – like, who's Shaq with point guard skills after the game, which I thought was a good assessment. 
And and a lot of um, an incredibly excellent compliment, um, especially from someone like Rick Carlisle. Uh, to the team that has the most, probably the most standard league players in it, maybe second most, uh, Delon Wright is in Sacramento now. How many guards does a team need? It seems like that's bad news for Delon Wright. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much they can possibly play him in the sense that you mentioned it. They've got Tyrese Halliburton, they've got Field, they've got. Deion Fox, they've got, I mean, just keep, keep, keep talking. Um, it was a weird trade for the Kings. I'm not exactly sure why they made it. Uh, that is um, very apropos to exactly when you, when you say the Sacramento Kings and you say, I'm not sure those, those, those phrases usually go together. I guess, I guess it was this. I mean, like he, DeLon Wright is probably a better player than Corey Joseph. So, I mean, I guess they upgraded in that sense. That's fair. I, I, I would hundred percent agree with that. DeLon Wright not playing, uh, enough minutes even with his high steals per game per minute um, to me to be standardly relevant any longer uh, the Sixers picked up George uh, ended up getting George Hill and they need somebody to run the point guard is this is this mean George Hill is finally going to be uh, back to a standardly relevant ways uh, potentially he's not playing yet either he's a little bit banged up but when he gets back I could see him being standardly relevant yeah keep an eye on George Hill there as a secret uh, potential pickup off the waiver wires once he comes back. Speaking of point guards, Rondo to the Clippers, Lou Will to ATL. Uh, we all know Rondo does Rondo things, but do you care <laughs> uh, for the rest of the season? No, I just don't really see where where Rondo's going to have standard league value in the sense that, like, okay, unless he's going to pile on the assists, which is possible. But I just I don't see it. Yeah, um, I think he's probably a good streamer though. Like if you just like need some dimes and you got to stream someone in. Yeah, I could see Rondo coming in and just having a nice you know five six assists every night. And potentially same thing with Lou Willies, who's been a streamer most of the season, taking a little bit of a chunk out of his. My question with him is, how much does he play if they're going to play Trey Young a crazy amount? Right? Yeah, they, can't, like, they can never play together. That's what I'm. Th- that's what I'm thinking, right? Because, so, like, yeah, I mean, that's just a defensive disaster if they're gonna try to do that. So I don't. I don't know. I'm. I guess maybe I. What I'm trying to say is I like Rondo's value a little bit more than Lou Will's, just because I don't think Lou Will can play with the other team's best player, which always means your minutes are capped at a relatively small amount i would agree with that uh my last and final hey this could have some potential fantasy value at least in a streaming fashion trade was daniel gifford to the wizards coming from the bulls did you call him gifford because his name is gafford gafford i was i think i do call him gifford every time uh daniel gafford um First game with the Wizards, only played 13 minutes, but 13 points, five rebounds, and three blocks. I've always liked Daniel Gafford. Uh, he comes with a lot of energy off the bench. He's a great, like, kind of roll to the basket, very athletic guy. Um, he's had some, like, pretty nasty blocks against, like, actually good NBA players like Giannis uh, in, in, in occasional games. And you just kind of wonder, like, 
if the Wizards are about to like shut the entire team down, which could potentially happen, are you looking at a world where Daniel Gafford is now playing like starters minutes on a team that has Robin Lopez and Alex Lynn? I just want to know when Daniel Gifford is going to play. I'm excited to see him. I think that's um, who's the, I forget who's Gifford. Frank Gifford. Frank Gifford's son, I think. Yeah. Frank Gifford's son. Oh, okay. Fair. The American football player from the 1950s. (laughs) That that was Ah. the most Google read I've ever heard in my life. That's what it's Kathy Lee Gifford's husband. That's what's going on here in my brain. No, I don't. Who's Kathy Lee Gifford? She's apparently used to have a the. So when I said Gifford, the the idea of Regis Philman came into my mind for some reason, and I was like, why oh, am I associating Regis? And Kathy? That's yeah. Kathy. Well, that's how old I am. The re, uh, why am I associating the word Gifford with Regis Philbin? It's like oh, because Kathy Lee Gifford and then Frank Gifford. So like my mind does work; it just doesn't work very well. Um, <laughs> There's a method to the madness. Uh, former football star son, uh, Daniel Gifford. I'm keeping an eye on him with the Wizards because I think if you see the Wizards just completely give up, which they 100% should give up on the season, uh, this guy could be a, at the very least be waiver wire valued in a standard league. I don't know. Would it shock you if the Wizards fight their way into that plan? It wouldn't shock me. It would shock me that I mean the Bulls had really shit the bed, and I don't I don't want to hear that. Um, I just feel like, and, and I thought, and this is why most people thought the deadline wouldn't be that active is a lot of teams can make that play in because some of these teams are one kind of big injury away from like just absolutely crumbling, especially in that area where you're kind of not the best already. Yeah, I'd almost say with 100% certainty that there will be, uh, if not all upsets, but uh, at least an upset in those play-in games for sure. Oh, and I I think you could see not only an upset, but like I think it would not surprise me if like both 10 seeds somehow found their way in it. Absolutely. You never know. It gets weird, especially those single elimination games. Uh, That's it, I think, for our trade deadline megapod tyler um do you have any i guess any any other insights or anything you'd like to plug uh, no man i think it was a uh, it was fun it was a fun trade deadline day we don't always get those yeah um, usually it's boring as hell so so that was good i feel like it was a strange day in in some respects but in a way that was that, that made it fun so um but no no real other takeaways i feel like there were a lot of moves which was cool yeah i think we are now in the, I guess, the weirds of of the season where guys that you sort of heard of or um, have never heard of come out of nowhere and start producing like standard league relevant or even better, like top 50 relevancy. Uh, we all saw that uh, Al Horford is shut down and Mo Brown, if he is available in any of your leagues, I don't know why you're playing. You should shut that league down because he should have been picked up at least uh, a, a week ago, if not uh, sooner. Uh, Mo Brown should be rostered in every single league that exists. And that's exactly what the type of the type of the, uh, the era, the, the period of the season that we're in is when Mo Brown suddenly uh, gets 23 rebounds in a game. 
Uh, fact. And we'll see more of that, right? More teams will be shutting people down and just there'll be crazy players popping up that are getting big stat lines. Yep. Keep your eye on Kim Birch. Keep your eye on a lot of these teams that are about to tank for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll continue to bring you um, that analysis as much as possible. Uh, we're going to be back into a regular rotation here. Thanks for joining us. You can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, rate, review us, or go to patreon.com, patreon.com slash watching the boxes, support the show, or go to twitch.tv slash watching the boxes, subscribe, and you'll get a notification when I finally do this uh, prop betting. Uh, but there might be, I think there's a little bit more money in prop betting than fantasy basketball. Not that I, but not that I'm, you know, trying to jump ship or anything, Tyler. I just think potentially my gambling addiction could help fund the the actual thing I like to do, which is talk about fantasy basketball. Indeed, my friend. So if you guys are into gambling, which I bet you are, uh, check out twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be back. We'll see you very soon. Bye.